0: Welcome to Dudes of Hazards Radio. I'm your founder and host, Donnie McCarty. Today, we're listening to our 17th episode. Can't believe, I mean, honestly, that we're already at this number. It seems like we just started doing this not too long ago. But this is an episode I've been really looking forward to for a long time. Uh, I would say my longest friend, uh, Justin Fawn, is in the studio today with us. Um, really looking forward to sharing some stories stories. Uh, and just kind of reminiscing on some stuff and talking about the league. So, Justin, why don't you go ahead and just say hey to the dudes.
1: What's going on, dudes? Excited to be on. I can't believe it's been uh, this long for me uh, to get on this podcast.
0: Well, it's a little tough when you're you're out of town. I mean, living in Southern Pine, so you know you came in this weekend. We're playing rounds back to back days at the at the country club. Um, I think we're going to have a fun time. And we were like, well, let's go ahead and knock out a podcast recording. So. I see, uh, you know, we on the show we like to have some fun. We'll go ahead and have a little bit to drink and enjoy ourselves. I mean, I mean, why are we doing this if we're not having fun? So, see so you bought a nice little bottle of whiskey. So, why don't you go ahead and tell us what we're going with today, Justin.
1: Okay, so uh, I brought this bottle today. It's, uh, it's called Horse Shul- uh, Soldier. Um, this, uh, this company was started by uh, some Green Berets. Um, so, the Horse Soldier, if you don't know the history behind it, um if you've seen the movie 12 Strong uh, with Chris Hemsworth um that is a uh, you know film uh, representation of what happened it's uh, our initial push in, into Afghanistan uh after 9/11 um and so what happened was uh, uh some some members of Fifth Special Forces Group went in uh and and linked up with some resistance fighters and uh they you know basically rode rode soldiers um through the northern parts of Afghanistan and, and bombed the shit out of the Taliban as they did so yeah yeah um So this is uh, basically a commemoration of of them uh, in this bottle, and uh, it's actually a really good whiskey, so I
0: figure we we can have some today. Cheers to that. All right, well, while we're going ahead and rolling with that, let's go ahead and jump into our podcast rundown. So after this, we're going to go ahead and just get to meet Justin Fonnell a little bit, let you all get to know a little backstory about him. We then got some fun audio recordings of before the match uh, that we had between Alex and Cade, and Will and Nolan. Guys, that was just an incredible day. Um, it was really fun raising some money for charity, but also just watching four buddies just kind of go at it and compete, and it, it was a really fun event. And then after that, we're going to go ahead and jump into our main interview with Justin. Uh, we got some fun questions for him. I think we're you guys are going to enjoy getting to learn a little bit more about him. We're then going to play our hazard time segment, which um, we usually just have the people in the studio doing that, but we're actually having one of our good friends, uh, also one of my really longtime friends, Zach Hudson, he's driving down for the UT Bama game this weekend. Uh, big top, uh, I think it's like number three Bama versus number six Tennessee, so probably the biggest game that's been in Knoxville in a long time, and he's hopping in the car uh, nine hours, eight, eight or nine hours from Detroit to make this happen, so he's going to join us and ask us a few questions, and I think we're going to really enjoy that. And then we'll go ahead and uh, hop on out of this and tell you who our next uh, guest will be. So let's go ahead and uh, start this off and let's go ahead and meet Justin Fawn. All right. Tell me a little bit just about, um, you know, some of the stuff you remember. We've known each other for a long time. Um, You know, when I moved to Tennessee, I was in eighth grade. You were in seventh. And kind of since then, we've been doing a lot of stuff together. So why don't you go ahead and fill in a little bit about your personal history and just any kind of fun things you remember from us kind of growing up.
1: Yeah, so thinking back on how we met, uh, it you know it gets a little hazy, but uh, yeah, I guess I was in seventh grade, you were in eighth grade. Uh, we were on the same basketball team, church league basketball, uh, church league basketball, and uh, <laughs> my dad. <laughs> Greg was our was our coach. Um unbelievable. He, oh my gosh. He's, Un- he's the best coach ever.
0: Um <laughs> He was the most qualified church League basketball coach of all time.
1: Oh my gosh. Uh you know my dad's very very intense. Um very intense. Uh <laughs> especially little, back then. <laughs> probably a little too intense for uh 7th 8th grade basketball. Yeah. And uh it's funny because because Donnie, you were very very good. Um, you're, I, I think you're just naturally gifted, or you just played a lot of basketball in your driveway. I don't know. Yeah. But I was probably the most unathletic, uncoordinated, like just goofy human being alive at that time. Um, I think I was probably like five foot six, and I had like a fourteen shoe. Yeah. So, already. Um, yeah. It was. It was. It was definitely a unique time in my life. Um, so. That's where we met, and we became very good friends. Um, you know, we, uh, gosh, I mean, you went off to, to high school after that, yep. And uh, and then I, you know, I caught up to you, but uh, we, uh, you know, after that, we went to, to Tennessee High School, and yep. I mean, we just basically just kept hanging out together. Um, gosh, well, the the things we would mostly do, I think, was play basketball in yep. your driveway. Oh yeah, and that got that got intense. It did we, that that,
0: and that, I mean, you got a lot better through that it was fun watching like lanky just uncoordinated you then turn into you know pretty damn good football player and yourself made it on to the west point football team uh was a, a pretty much a stud at tennessee high which had a good team while you were there so it was cool getting to watch you grow up and just kind of just a year behind me succeeding so much
1: Yeah, it, it was a good re- i think it was a great relationship because like i was um I think it was pretty, like, quiet back then. It was pretty... Uh, the irony. Uh, it was pretty self-conscious. Like, uh, I was, like, very timid and shy, <laughs> and, uh, and like, you were, like, my one friend. Um, you know, and it, it, it was great, uh, you know, to, to get through, um, you know, the year of Tennessee High. I ended up, yeah, playing football there all four years, and I, I wrestled, like, sophomore year. Or I think I played soccer. Yeah, I played soccer freshman year, mm-hmm. and then I, like, ran track senior year, so... Yeah. Um, uh had a really really good time there uh and then you know after that uh, I was fortunate enough to uh to go up to New York to attend the uh the United States Military Academy uh, I spent 5 years there I had to do a prep school year um before going to the actual academy um but that was actually super cool and unique because it gave me the opportunity to uh develop uh for you know one more year and it, it gave me the ability to, to walk onto the football team so um, I did that, and uh, I was lucky enough to play all four years uh, at the academy. So, um, you know, when I, I started at like a middle uh, – I started at an outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and then through sophomore
1: year, into sophomore year, we had the coaching change. Coach Malkin came in. Yeah. Uh,
0: That's and, when there was some belief in the Army football yeah, program. Like, yeah. I remember your first year. It was like they were bad, but he came. We were it, so bad. Yeah. We were like – Yeah, it was bad Army.
1: It it was it was so it's it's funny to think about because uh, you get there and you're like this is this is Division one football you're like this this is like I listen I Coach Eller, or yeah Coach Ellerson like like he knows like what he's talking about like he mm-hmm. this this guy is the real yeah. deal and you just you 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 believe um, and you're like you're all in and then you're like maybe this isn't this is kind of weird uh, I'm not really spending that much time watching film or or you know lifting weights and I'm not really doing I feel like I'm not doing that much in practice uh mm-hmm. it it was it was it was strange um, cuz I really didn't feel like I was doing a whole lot until coach Monken came yeah um so we saw and sophomore year, or yeah halfway through sophomore year we lost the Army Navy game um and, uh, you know, we were about to go on Christmas break, and uh, I remember the, the superintendent came, and he, like, pulled the whole football team in. He's like, hey, we're, we're hiring a new head coach. Um, and, like, two months later, Coach Malkin came in, and that was, like, a rude awakening. That yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, oh
0: this is— This is Division this One football. This
1: is real football. Yeah. And that was, like, a swift kick in the nuts because it was like, oh, my gosh, I'm now— Dying. I'm so. I'm struggling. um So, I was also doing civil engineering as, as my as my major. Uh, so I was like, s- just I was drowning in, in credit hours. I was taking like 24 and a half credit hours. Gross. And then Coach Monken comes in and he's like, "You're gonna spend eight hours a day doing football." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I hope you enjoy your free time, <laughs> motherfucker. Also, <laughs> along with that, I was like 205, 210 pounds. Like I was, you know, I was quick and I was, I was like, I was light. Uh, and Coach Monken, like, I had my meeting with him and, and he's like. So he's like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, I'll do anything you want me to do. And he goes, good. You're going to gain 30 pounds and you be middle linebacker. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, sir, yes, sir. What am I doing? And, uh, yeah, so I did. And uh, so I ended up, I ended up playing uh, – I ended up being the second string, middle linebacker, um, behind Jeremy Temp. And that dude was just a phenomenal, phenomenal yeah. guy. Um, and I played on all the special teams. But I um, I played in half the games my junior year hurting my I, I tore my MCL halfway through senior year uh, I played in every single game so yep. um, yeah it was great experience um,
0: dude it was so cool getting to watch you play and like seeing you on TV I mean like it's like you know with being in the army myself it was like easy for them to root for army over navy but like once you joined then it was like okay like I actually became invested like I'd say for a while that was my second team like after Nebraska and at that point, like, Army started winning more than Nebraska. So I was like, well, that's nice because <laughs> Nebraska's just pissed yeah. me off for the last eight to ten years. And I remember one of my favorite things of your playing career there was when you invited me to the Army-Navy game in Philadelphia. And me and Jamie came up, and, you know, I had no idea really where these tickets were. And we're, like, walking in. And I'm like, you know what? Like, like, i don't know what the stadium looks like what's the layout it's gonna be i'm like we're probably in the upper deck somewhere in the corner like but that's gonna be fine because it'll be fun and we're walking in and it's like oh, we're in the lower bowl hm, that's kind of neat we find our section and i start walking and i'm like wow dude i think we're at like the 40 yard line and then we start walking down and i'm like we're in row like six holy shit like we're behind the bench it was cool Remember in that game, you made a big tackle on one of the kickoff returns that saved a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Yale didn't get the win there, but it came down to that Hail Mary, and that was like the belief that like Army can now beat Navy because like you guys had been on that tremendous just losing streak, and it, that was the game that it was like okay things are going in the right direction for Army, and that was cool to be there even though Yale didn't get the the that, W. Those last two years, like we
1: our record didn't show.
0: The improvement the y'all improvement. were. We,
1: yep. It was agreed. I mean, true building years really, I mean, like that is a real thing. Um, uh, like, there's no coach I believe in more than Coach Malkin. That guy, like, he knows what he's doing. Yep. And he's like one of the most hardcore dudes I've ever met in my life. That's awesome. Um, And he uh, just great coach, great leader. I, I, I think, you know, like West Point is, you know, the, the premier leadership academy, mm-hmm. like, sure. in, in the world. That's what they claim, right? I learned more about leadership on the football team than, like, the military academy like taught me, you know, yeah. like there's just contact sports and being part of a team like that really, really, I think set me up for a lot of success Hell yeah. for being in the army. So well,
0: let's go ahead and talk about that for a second. You no, know, tell us just uh, a quick little two minute rundown of what your army career kind of looks like and where you're at right now.
1: Yeah. So, uh, after graduation, uh, graduated in 2016, um, commissioned as an armor officer. So, uh, that branch covers like tanks um and like cav scout stuff it's basically it's like reconnaissance in a nutshell um and so uh, i went to i I went down to fort benning uh and i did all my my um like basic uh, officer trainings down there spent about a year down there got to do um like army reconnaissance course i did ranger school uh great time highly recommend 10 out of 10. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a genuine <laughs> verified, uh,
0: user review. Oh my gosh.
1: Um, you really want to just, you know, get all you can out of life. Yeah. Go to that school. Um, and then, uh, and then I, I got posted at, uh, Fort Bragg. So, uh, Fort Bragg is in, um, it's, it's, you know, near Fayetteville, Southern Pines, Pinehurst area, dead center of like North Carolina. Um, and, uh, It's like the largest army base in the country. So um, I went there and I I was in the 82nd Airborne Division uh, and I I moved around a couple battalions when I was there. I I ended up being like a platoon leader for like three different platoons. Uh, I had a great time. I really had a great, great time. I was so lucky. I was like a platoon leader for like three years. Um, And uh, I ended up deploying to Afghanistan in 2019. Uh, yeah so between twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, and twenty twenty I was in Afghanistan yep. and I was a mortar platoon leader and uh, i got I got um, lucky enough to be like uh, su- like uplift support for a special forces um, detachment uh, out in the nangahar province um, and uh, in the action district down it 's like right down by the Pakistan border and you want to talk about like middle of nowhere like that is the middle of nowhere
0: <laughs> like yeah. you think it's bad here in northeast tennessee sometimes <laughs> you're like no you've not seen yeah, the middle of nowhere these people thought like our helicopters were dragons like they, <laughs> they
1: I mean, it, it's it's crazy to see people that live up in mountains like yeah. that and uh yeah um really really unique experience out there um I, I think i was like really on the on the back end of of the isis fight in afghanistan that's really what we were there to do um, so we were pretty much in, in like, a, like, a lockdown fight with, uh, like, just a horde of ISIS members, like, that were crossing the border between Pakistan and Afghanistan and that, um, in it's called the Momod Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were, we were there. Uh, I was there for about three months, um, and that's whenever, there was about 1,500 ISIS members, uh, mostly women and children at that point, um, that surrendered to our FOB. Um, they came through. Uh, we processed them all. Shipped them off. For the people that don't
0: know, what's a FOB?
1: Uh, Ford Operating Base. It's <laughs>
0: dude, this thing is like... luxury level. Oh, some, it... some people said the Ritz-Carlton of bases, right?
1: I would say five-star hotel at least. <laughs> um, I mean, dude, it, no running water. No, le- I mean, there's some electricity, but um, you know, it's it's just you're just out there, man. And it's it, it's kind of funny. It, it it's like the Wild West. It's. Uh, you're just away from like regular army stuff. I, I literally wore like my underwear and like my plate carrier for like three months, and like Hell yeah. I, I never did laundry and I never took a shower. It was there, there was no running water, you know. It's like what do you get, what can you do?
0: Um, like I said, the Ritz Carlton. Yeah, oh, a great time. Bases. Um, yeah,
1: it, it, you know it was just um, I think it was a great great experience uh, for a lot of us. Um, and what are you doing now? So uh, I I got back from Afghanistan in um, March of 2020. Yep. You know, just uh, we almost didn't make it back because of COVID. Um, They, like, were basically like, you're not coming home. Like, we were in a pandemic. And I thank God our, like, brigade commander was on that plane because he was like, Oh, we're we're, we're coming. We're, we're leaving. Yeah, we're we're out of here. Yeah. So we we flew back. We flew straight to Fort Bragg, and like there was no like welcoming ceremony. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chandler, my wife, she had to meet me like in a random parking lot, like away from everything. that's, that's um, that sucks, dude. It was it. Was, I mean. I was just happy to be home, right? Sure. What really sucked was the guys that lived in the barracks. They didn't have enough barracks space when we got back because so many barracks have been condemned. Yeah. They literally took them out to, like, the field and had them stay in tents for two weeks for their, quote-unquote, quarantine.
0: That really sucks. That's drawing the dude. short end of the stick.
1: Unbelievable. They were like, you guys get on this bus.
0: <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for your service. Welcome home. Yeah, welcome home. nine <laughs> months.
1: Like, dude, oh, it, was, it was so sad, dude. And I I mean, Uh, I got to go home with with Chandler and we, I mean, I got to quarantine my house. Um, Worst places to do that. Well, dude, it was, it was, that was, that was crazy. But, uh, but anyway, I, I uh, I got the opportunity to work with a lot of SF guys over in, uh, in Afghanistan. So I knew that was pretty much what I wanted to do. Um, So I went to the selection um, later that year. Uh, That's pretty much what I've been doing the past two years. Just been in school, training up, um, finishing up my course right now and uh i'm i'm currently in a uh a french uh like a it's like an advanced learning french language course it's four months and i'm supposed to be like semi-fluent at the end of this thing in, in
0: french so um now you can really sweet talk chandler oh, oh yeah. man
2: she's in
1: she's in trouble confiance. <laughs> <laughs>
0: she loves it i bet uh, tell us real quick so you married the chandler yep um tell us a little bit about her and just uh what other family members you have in there
1: yeah so chandler um chandler and i met when i was a i was just starting sophomore year at west point mm-hmm. so we've been together for a long time now yep. um and uh we've been married for five years uh this december um so it's just us, us right now. No kids. That's a
0: good mark. Five, five years is
1: good. Yeah. So no, no kids yet. Um, we're planning on having some kids probably next year or so.
0: Got some fur babies
1: though. We have two dogs. Um, they're great. They're about mid sized
0: dogs. Tucker and Patchy. They're they're good. Um, are you saying both are good? I'm, I'm thinking you got a favorite between the two of them. <laughs> well, let's go ahead. I, I mean, will never tell you. <laughs> it's Patchy. <laughs> it, <laughs> you know. It,
1: <laughs> I mean, my Instagram handle uh, gives it away. Um, But uh, no, they're both great dogs. I love love my dogs. Um, They're
0: very different, but honestly, they're both really sweet. Um, Tucker tries to play this scaredy cat routine, hard to get. get, But like once you got him, he's
1: Patch is just a he's a he's a tank
0: dude. That dude, you know, they definitely can save and skimp on their uh, their bills each month. Knowing they have a home security system and Patchy, this dude is gonna not gonna be a fun experience for anyone coming in the house late at night. Yeah, so. uh, he's a big boy
1: he's a he's a good dog he is um, but yeah so that's uh, that's us and then uh, you know my, my parents still live here in Tennessee in Bristol um, dad's a league member my dad is a league member yeah I got him to join he loves it he loves he just he loves supporting you first of all oh that's cool I mean that was that was originally like his like he's like I just want to support Donnie and then he like came to some of the events yeah, this like, is so much fun this is actually fun, fun and yeah.
0: can support so double win right there yeah Well, let's go ahead and um, we're going to go ahead and take a little break talking from us. We got some fun audio recordings I mentioned earlier from the match. And so we're basically, to set the setting right here, we're sitting around the table on the patio out at uh, Johnson City Country Club, right offside the 16th uh, tee and 18th green, just having a beverage before the round. And said, you know, it'd be fun to get a little smack talk going between the guys. So we're going to play a couple recordings that we have from this. And I think uh, you guys will enjoy hearing some of the smack talk all right nolan i'm curious to see what you have to say we've had some good insight from everyone at the table so far um what's your take on the match and how are we seeing the shape up today
3: well first of all i'm i'm super excited to be out here raising money for some really good charities and uh i'm just absolutely pumped to break alex mentally um I'm gonna be telling him all about how fucked up his backswing is all day long and just living in his head rent free all day. Um, maybe Kate as well. We might we might throw some shots at him, but Alex is gonna need some therapy after this round of golf. That's very
0: kind of you, Nolan. <laughs> yeah. What a roast. Yeah, I know. Just just really dunking on his best friend, just wanting to cause him mental anguish. Um Little backstory that um a comment about oh your backswing's fucked up. We were playing at um, Cattails one time and Alex, you know, good good golfer, but kinda was getting off to a rough start that day. I mean maybe he was like seven over through four, maybe nine, I don't know. It wasn't good. Well, we're getting up to I guess what would be hole um, four. It's the, the par three that's over a little bit of water. And he just dunks it straight in the water about halfway. It's a hundred and 60 yard par three hits at 70 yards like this is not good and you can tell he's like looking around like man like what am i doing wrong and nolan just looks at him and goes yeah man i think your backswing's fucked up and it was like (laughs) alex doesn't get mad but he was like thanks nolan that was arguably the most helpful advice i've ever heard possibly (laughs) like like how unhelpful is that like you're playing like trash and you just get a dude your backswing's fucked Mm -hmm. up it's like Obviously, thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, and your follow through. Yeah, and And,
0: and and your face. And (laughs) it's all just bad. It's all just bad. Let's go ahead uh, and hear what uh, Alex has to say. All right, Alex. I know uh, you and Nolan have played a lot of rounds together, a lot of uh, back and forth. So, uh, what are we expecting to
4: see today from you guys? Well, first of all, I'm just gonna probably be stomping all over his ankles all day today, just to just honestly, just to to do him some favors because he can't hit the ball straight even when he's like healthy so uh, usually when he's like oh my knees my ankles he actually puts way too much weight on the wrong foot and it straightens his swing out somehow so <laughs> I, I guess i guess i'll i'll try to do him the, the favor of helping him out and just curb stomping his uh, his ankles uh and as far as Will, will's concerned he, he thinks i'm uh as consistent as the ice cream machine at mcdonald's but what he doesn't know is i actually like chick-fil-a <laughs> And their, their, their ice cream machine is always running smooth. So I'm going to slow the swing down a little bit. We're going to bring everything in nice and tight, be consistent, and it's going to be a really good day kicking some butt. Thanks, Alex. Looking forward to watching you all play. All right.
0: So that was Alex's take. We're going to go ahead and now hear from Cade. All right, Cade. The match. It's been a long time coming. Let's go ahead and tell us what you're uh, thinking and feeling before this uh, big
5: event. What's up, guys? Cade, um, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, on the Instagram stories, uh, you know, we were voted to to win by a quite decent margin. I voted for you. So, um, you know, I'm over here with <laughs> Will too. Shelton. He's, you know, sipping on a little water, getting a little scared, intimidated. No offense, Will. But um, and we also <laughs> happen to match from, you know, head to toe right now. But I think he's gonna change because you know he doesn't want to match my drip I got going on over here. <laughs> so, um, other than that, me and Alex are ready to kick some ass and talk some trash. So, I'm out. All right, well, we saved the best for last. We, uh,
0: we I, I think Alex kind of gave away one of Will's little insults he gave here. But Will, uh, I told him beforehand, hey, we're, we're going to talk some trash. And so I know Will, there, there's three things Will does pretty good. He can hit the driver, he can put put down some beverages, and he can talk some trash. And oh, so yeah. let's let's hear what Will has to say.
6: You know, I just want to say how upset I am that we're even underdogs. Um, I was paying attention to the Instagram story, and I was like, what the hell? Like, who are we playing? We're playing Cade and Alex. Cade, Cade. they're like, oh, we got to move the match. Will's getting married, blah, blah, blah. No, it was actually a school night. So this kid over here, we had to wait. We had to postpone that. And then who's his teammate? His teammate's Alex. Alex is about as consistent as a McDonald's ice cream machine. So we're going to get out here. We're going to whoop some ass, and then we're going to go on and, you know, say it was for charity, say it was for a good thing, but I just like beating these guys' ass. Anything else?
0: So, are you thinking you're going to beat some ass today?
6: I'm thinking we go what uh, I don't know three three holes left. It'll be done. I'll be drinking beer in the cart. All right,
0: and we'll see if uh, that's
6: right,
2: what
0: sir. happens. Uh, well, glad uh, he had his opinions there. And so we were sitting there, and they were like, "Well, that was fun, kind of dunk on everyone." And Will kind of pointed out, like, "Donnie, you seem to escape like a lot of these uh, the, these insults and these roasts and." you're on the podcast always dunking on people uh shout out to calvin and his uh, 1.5 million views for hitting his <laughs> nine iron uh, 18 feet um but we were like okay let's go ahead and we'll, we'll give him a little opportunity to um take some shots at me so we put him up and i put myself on blast and i kind of regret doing it Beautiful day. well guys i know uh I'm glad to have each one of you guys here but uh I know my my swing's not without fault, so I'm sure you guys have some comments. Uh, we'll use this as a little open opportunity to take some jabs at me. Um, if they're too good of a jab, it might get edited out. But uh, we'll, we'll see what you guys have to say.
4: All right, I'll I'll uh, I'll start with this one out. I I love uh, well I don't love you know nobody loves to see their buddy make a bad shot, but I do at least think it's funny when Donnie makes a bad shot. He, he, he just kind of stares off blankly in the distance. and <laughs>
5: <laughs> I guess this is the biggest heaviest It's <laughs>
4: like, dude, it, it, it's the it's the t box on number one. Like, we got we got all day. <sighs> yeah, it's gonna be a long day. Okay. It's funny because it's true. Oh my you're
0: god! Right. I, I will have my quiet little. Uh...
1: I'm literally picturing that was perfect. because <laughs> no, like, I you, you literally hit it and then you like turn your head to like ninety degrees to the side. <laughs> Look up in the distance <laughs> and go, well, yeah, like, God, every time. Like, and I, God, It's so funny that he like pointed that
0: I, out. It's not something I'd ever noticed until he said it, and I was like, oh, wow, that oh, wow. I do do that. Oh, my gosh. Moment of frustration inside. Well, I know I can't hit the ball quite as far as you, so I'm expecting something along these lines coming, but with that being said, I know that there's only a handful of people in the league that can match your swing, so – What's your uh, what's your piece you got on me?
6: Well, you know, if we're going to just talk about distance and drives, I guess, like, you have the rotation speed of, like, a merry-go-round. So, I mean, when you hit that ball dead center, yeah, it's dead center, but, dang, I, I think I could throw the ball faster. So I'm, I'm thinking of, like, the Carolina Classic Fair, just going up and down on the horse. Like, that's the rotation speed of Donnie's swing. So, oh,
5: what do you think, Cade? I mean, I have to be in a little bit of agreement with you, Will. I mean, you know, and then also around the green, you know, every now and then you might see a flaring shot. But, hey, we all do that sometimes, right? But it is, I will say, the the sigh of frustration is definitely the signature Donnie move. And I must say that it is very comical, but is the most mature way to handle a bad shot. So I'll give you that. I'll be the little positive in. I have no idea what Nolan's about to say coming up next, but <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it on a positive note right here. Off to you, Nolan.
3: No, it's hard to, to talk shit about a man that absolutely kicks your ass every time you play him. Um, but I will just mention Donnie and his 12 strokes lost to me in uh, Williamsburg from the same um, gigantic sand bunker. Um, and I did beat him with 11 strokes, so it wasn't like I kicked his ass by any means, but uh, that that was um, probably the highlight of my playing with Donnie career there. <laughs> that was the
0: grossest hole we have ever played of all time. I, I think there was nine attempted shots out of that one bunker between what, the two of us. What hole is it that? It's, it's definitely tough to lose a hole, but it's tough to lose with a 12 to someone who made an 11. <laughs> yep, yeah, not 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 a good scene well thanks guys looking forward to today and i'm sure you're going to catch uh a fair share of snarky uh comments from me out here on the course today so looking forward to giving it back yeah so that was at royal new kent i want to say it was like hole like 13 and i hit my tee shot into one bunker hit out of that bunker into a different bunker hit out of that bunker into a third bunker which then took me i think it was I want to say seven or eight shots in that bunker, <laughs> got out and one putted for a 12 and oh. lost a hole with a. Uh, no one had an 11. But the important thing was, I beat him on 17 to close out the match. So I like that his best memory against me is beating me on one hole. Oh but uh, that was, dude, I, that camp, was gross. That, yeah. That uh, course, b- unreal. Hard. Unreal. Buckle up, boys. Well, that was a lot of fun listening to that. Let's go ahead and we're going to transition into our main interview here um i think we're going to really enjoy just getting to talk with justin here and getting to learn a little bit more about him we already know a little bit about his backstory but let's go ahead and pick up and talk about what got you into playing golf when you started who was a positive influence for you we love for all of our guests to come on and share this
1: yeah so uh first of all uh, i can thank my dad um and his parents too Uh, so my 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 grandma and grandpa uh who uh were members at. Williamsburg at the Two Rivers uh, Country Club. <clears throat> uh, that They've been big golfers pretty much ever since I can remember. I don't know if they started off when they were young, but, um, you know, they, they had my, my dad play. And then uh, growing up, you know, I just – I love playing sports. And, uh, you know, my dad kind of got me into it. I don't remember necessarily my first ever set of clubs. I probably just, like, choked up on his – uh, like, <laughs> like, like we're just borrowing this. Yeah. yeah, Um I don't remember. We were, we were, uh, we were members at the Bristol Country Club, uh, on and off. Awesome course. Yeah, great course. It really is. I, I like how they've pretty much like preserved it, maintained
0: it yep. over the years, for sure.
1: Especially with all the changes of, of ownership there. It's, yeah, it's been, it's been really
0: wild. Fun. The story it's of crazy. like, like honestly, what could that place have been under good actual ownership? I mean, it's good. But it could be so much better. It seems like they're on the right path now. It, it really does.
1: Yeah, I don't know what their issues are, but um, that was always like tumultuous. Um, yeah. So, anyway, uh, I you know going up to Williamsburg all the time uh, to see my grandparents. Every time I go up there, we play golf at their course, and that's a, that is just a prime course. And I, mm, I just, it is. It's so good. I, I am so spoiled. Like I am so freaking spoiled because like that is the golf I know. I honestly, I I rarely I, I played Two Rivers more than I played Bristol. Um, Like way more. Uh, yeah. Because every time we went up there, my grandparents would just have us go play. Uh, there were plenty of times where I'd go up there and they'd pay for lessons. For, like for us as like kids, like I was probably like 10, 11, 12 years old. And I'd get some lessons and then we'd go play the course. And uh, I remember I was in high school – And it was over the summer, and I went up there, and I spent a week at at my grandparents' house just doing a bunch of odd jobs for them, and I'd go out and play. I'd play at least 18 every single day with, like, a different group of guys. Um, You know, and and I was just talking about this with you the other day, but I'm pretty sure I've birdied all but three holes on that course. I've played that course a lot. Um, And uh, it's, uh, you know, that's pretty much where I started. And then when I went to West Point, I didn't really get the opportunity to play. Yep. much at all i don't even think i had my clubs until my senior year after i was done playing
0: you know why you didn't because i had them you did yes yeah. oh. i was playing that's back when i was playing a whopping one to two times a year and was really getting after I it i
1: do i can't i forgot about that yeah I- okay yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah i snapped your driver head one time and <laughs> oh, it didn't matter it didn't know like matter. that thing it, it had seen its better days
1: oh that, yeah. I mean, those were so i'm pretty sure back then is that when i was were those the pings yes so before that my very very first set of clubs was actually it's a, a pair of women's clubs <laughs> hey, <laughs> those, whatever I, yeah. I played my best golf with those clubs i i don't remember what i was shooting i was probably like a low 90s honestly As like a freaking like 15 year old yeah um yeah uh, yeah i just, i remember breaking 100 like back then yeah and uh those were like graphite shafts and there were galloways and they were good clubs I really liked them and then uh and then my dad got me those pings uh, off of one of his buddies and I had those forever until you know I, I until like i literally until I got back from the deployment and uh dude like those um i was playing i was playing so much with those clubs and like you started the league and and honestly all my golf buddies and Thunder Pines would make fun of me for those pings because they're so old. Yeah, they and, were they uh, were old. And the great thing about living in Center Pines is there's so many people in Pinehurst that are just going through clubs every year and, and just dumping them. Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, yeah. paid like 400 bucks. For your, like, your new set's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, for amazing. 400 bucks, it's a steal. And uh and I'm slowly diving into the the um, PXG
0: world. So mm. slowly getting like club mm. by club. Um, nice. They got a great military discount. So hey you know you're not kind of like me you you don't really trying to go around and finesse the military deals at all the time but when it's on golf clubs and it's that substantial you're like okay i'm gonna take advantage of it to me (laughs) exactly (laughs) um so you live in the southern pines pinehurst area right now tell me about what is your favorite golf course in that area tobacco road let's go
1: good answer all damn day yeah like that's just like my style of golf. I love it. It's just so unique. I love the the challenge of – I don't remember another course other than like Royal New Kent, um, you know, Tot Hill, like the, the, the strands courses that I really just – I love those courses because it makes me use every single club in my freaking bag, and no other course makes me do that. I play like Longleaf. I play Mid-Pines, any Pinehurst course. And it's like driver to 56 degree to putter every single hole. And this is part five, you know, it is like, it's, it, it's good. I, it it that, That's fun golf. I like playing that kind of golf, but man, I just like uh, going out there and just shooting, you know, wonky shots. Um, that place is wild. Yeah. I like whenever I can use my four iron on a fairway and not like to save me out of the woods, um, you know, with a low, low lying shot because, yeah, it, it does. It does kind of get a little boring. Um, you know, I think so. My my best nine ever was at Kiskiak. Yeah, when we played in Williamsburg. Yep, I was on fire. I shot one under. I, was, I shot. <laughs> what was it? I shot thirty five. I shot thirty five.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: I, and it was because it's such a short course. I drive, and my it's because my driver was on,
0: and I was just driving it. Three. When your drivers. driver's on, you you're you're hard to beat. And, and and to be fair, it's like it's on more often than it's not. My driver's good. It is. It is. That's, that's a strong point of your game. Yeah. Well, um, I know you talked a little bit about what it was like to be on the Army football team. If, if you got any other just kind of tidbits or things? You know, you're a competitive guy. Anything else that you find of – you know, you mentioned that the, you learned a lot of leadership from the actual Army football team. Take, like, just another minute or two and tell me a little bit about what else you felt like you learned and really took away from that experience. Hmm. You know,
1: one thing we always used to say – you know, it, it. I think it's. It's really just. It's a motto. Just this toughness, humility, effort. Like that was like, the thing we would. We would say. Um, you know, be tough, uh, be be humble, and then just like put in the work. You yeah. have to put in the freaking work. Um, you know, it's. Hmm. It's very. It's. It's just. It's so interesting because there's so many right answers and so many just wrong answers, and really the right answers just always revolve around just being resilient and putting an effort and yep. not being a douchebag. Like that is literally like, there you go. That, that that's that. If there's a secret formula, that's a freaking formula.
0: Yeah. You know, so it's, it's actually like pretty simple to be kind to people. It's so easy. It is to so be easy. Nice. It, is. it, it is, is. It's so easy. It's really easy to include people. And I think, you know, earlier you referenced back, especially when we were friends early on, You didn't have the most self confidence. And honestly, like I didn't back in the day either, but like eventually, like someone's nice to you, someone includes you, brings you along, and Mm -hmm. it helps people. And sometimes that's just what people need. Like I I had someone, I know for me, it was JoJo Humphreys when I came to Tennessee High. He was a junior, and I was a, uh, a freshman coming onto the cross-country team. And this dude just kind of took me under my wing and just helped me kind of, like, grow up and taught me what it was like to fit in with high school. He was the team captain. Mm-hmm. He was, a you know, an all-region guy, went to state three years in a row. So he was a great role model for me. And it was nice getting someone that felt like they cared about me when I was new to the area and didn't know a lot of people to kind of take you on. And, and like. for me, that was you
1: yeah, in, at it, Tennessee High, you know. Uh, you know west point it, it you know it's it's your teammates and then the people yeah. that will bring you in and and you know and, and those those team environments they get they get cutthroat they do so fast and like i feel like i was always the guy that was just very nice to the guys that you know the, there's the guys that are that are kind of outcast a little bit sure. for whatever reason they're maybe yep. a little bit odd and like you just bring those guys in you know isolate yep. them don't isolate them and you know it, it 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 all carries over it all carries over to like the military um you know, whenever you're, you're you're doing whatever it is, like, in the Army, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, like, and who you're working with. But, like, gosh, it it, it is so – it's so detrimental to be, like, a douche because, like, at the end of the day, like, you don't necessarily – being an officer and having, like, a bunch of NCOs and enlisted guys, like, under you, I think I've had over 100 soldiers mm-hmm. over, like, the course of my three-year platoon year time. Um, You know, there's a lot of bad, bad individuals that just suck.
0: Yeah, there um, they are.
1: And, you know, you have, like, a couple ways you can go with them. Either they're, like, they're irredeemable and you can't bring them back from where they're at. And you get rid of them and then that's that's their life decision and they have to live with that. Or you, I mean, and, but you try your hardest to, like, you know. Absolutely. Insulate them and, yep. and make them into something better and keep them from from going down the wrong path um but you can only take that so far right so there, there's a lot i think there's a lot of like people out there that like use their position of power in, in a like totally negative way absolutely and, like it's just it's frustrating to see that it's so unnecessary it is um and so a lot of people that stay in the army for a long time um and that like it has worked for them over the years because i mean it's it's a hierarchy so yeah. your rank matters but also it doesn't because you're still a human yeah and like it's being a human being to someone rather than like, I'm in charge of
0: you is like be- because of the way you, you want to work for that person yeah. that treats you like you actually matter to them. Yeah. And I, I think that's one thing that we try to do here in the du- Dudes of Hazard. Like, no matter who you are, man, like, we want you out here. We want to provide a, a family and a brotherhood for you to come play with. Yeah, Because sometimes, like, it, it can be a little intimidating going it, out and playing with new people, it's um, so strangers. Hard. It's so hard. Like, especially if you're, like, you know, if you're a, a 5, 6 handicap or better, you're like, okay, I, I'm going to be fine. But, yeah. like, let's say that 18 handicap, they could play good. But, man, they could come out and embarrass themselves, and it's, it's tough to be in that spot. And so we, I think we really do a good job of trying to make people be like, dude, just come out and have fun, and whatever you shoot is whatever you shoot.
1: It's so intimidating. It is, like, so intimidating, especially in your older years. You know, like a lot, most of our members are 25 and older. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I want to get into this game of golf, which I see that most people can pretty much play in well after retirement. And oh, yeah. Well, like their yeah. very later years of life. Um, and i want to but it's hard to do it without a community it is all it's really hard to be like i'm just going to start doing this by myself and like also with that community it's so intimidating because like you come and play with like like people like us and you're like these guys are good at golf like i'm i'm decent at golf you're decent at golf but we've got some guys that are really freaking yeah we do that is so freaking intimidating it can be yeah um so, so it's so hard and like you know like I love the league for this reason: is like anyone can literally show up and be a part of us, and it doesn't matter what you shoot. It doesn't. P- I, I, people ask to play with me all the time, and they're like, "Dude, I suck." Oh, like, okay, good, sweet, good. Yeah, glad you suck. Let's <laughs> make, make you better. You know, like, like, like. Ah, uh, I don't. I don't care if that you're bad. The only thing I I, I ask of you is like just have a good attitude have a good attitude have good etiquette yeah if i tell yeah. you something like to do it like simple stuff it, this is actually where it gets pretty pretty interesting is like it doesn't matter if you shoot poorly it is like if you act poorly that's where yes. it matters yeah, so it like does. i remember like talk, so i have good etiquette i have good golf etiquette because like i grew up playing yeah. with my grandparents at two rivers and like that is like yeah. don't even throw your freaking tea, on the tee box after you're done teeing off because it'll like, you know, dull the blades of the freaking lawnmower. Like, don't yeah. do that. That is not, that is not etiquette. And that, that that's okay for a lot of courses, obviously, but like, not two rivers. So I grew up with a high standard of etiquette. And I remember playing with you in the beginning and like, you just don't know. No, yeah. Like, you just, just don't you know. You don't know. Like the way you fixed divots the first time I played with you. Yeah. You fixed them the wrong way. Yeah, I did. But like, someone it, has to tell you. It in, it's intuitive to do it the way you did it, and then I was like, do it this way, and then you're like, really? And then I was like, yeah. And
0: you're like, oh, okay, yeah. And that's that's it. It's like that's it. You just gotta tell someone because like I know like is it you had a lot more golf knowledge. Like when we first started up, the gap. I mean, you you still probably got the edge on me a little bit, but the gap was a lot bigger two to three years ago when I first was playing. And it was nice to like have someone like you to kind of be like, oh, yeah, you don't do this here, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah. like I just didn't know. Because I played with people that I'm like, hey.
1: Don't do that. Yeah. Or like you, you just did something that's like actually like really bad etiquette, and they will, and
0: and they like shut down. Yeah. Or they're like, no, just screw you. And you're like, no, dude, I'm trying to help you. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, you can get bent. You know? Yeah. All right, Justin. Um, two more questions here. Let's go ahead and just uh, maybe this one's not as much a question, but you're basically our vice president of operations for the Dudes of Hazards. Um, tell me a little bit about, or tell our listeners more. on, I know what you do, but tell them a little bit about what you do in your role for the league. Well, I'm, I'm very important, if you didn't know. I mean, VP. <laughs> it's almost it's one letter short of VIP. So,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, you know I, I'm actually I, I'm really excited to be like a part of all of this. I'm glad I can have like my two cents in. Um, at the end of the day, like, like the bottom line is, I feel like I'm just like a uh, like a verifying voice for you. Yeah, for a lot of things. Um, I mean, you are the, like, tactical and strategic wizard of this organization. Um, you know, I, I feel like I do very I, – I really don't feel like I'm even working for, like, the dudes of hazards. I just I, – I look at a lot of things that go out, like a lot of stuff that gets sent out, make sure it looks good. Um, you know, and then really the bottom line is it's, like, it's like ideas. Yeah. Mom, was just
0: ideas. Yeah. I mean, it's operational type stuff. You, you oversee our membership. I know you're going to be working closely with Will Shelton, who's our membership uh, director with that. Uh, Calvin's our communication director. I know you two work very closely together, especially when he's sending out memos, getting things ready to go out for the league or league magazine. Um, and, yeah, you're right, dude. Like, you just – when you have a good of a friendship as we do, like, I trust you. And what's nice is, like, I got friends that are there for me and but like I realize like sometimes people are just going to tell you sometimes answers they want to hear I feel like you're really good I don't always listen to you when you give your advice but like I can trust it you're going to give me like your advice and just tell me how it is and from the way you see it we don't always agree but I'd say 90 plus percent of the time we do We're, we're pretty similar on a lot of things but it's nice to have either that confirming voice or someone to kind of be like hey man I actually think this should be the route we go and I trust that you can always be that voice and I think that's why you're a great right hand man especially along with Zach Hudson who we're gonna hear from shortly for uh, Hazards time which I think you guys will enjoy um, yeah. these are great guys that I'm I'm surrounded with to help me pull this off hey, um,
1: and real quick though I just want to say I don't know if people say this enough or or have like commended you on this but um, to like the dudes and to all of our listeners and people that like have paid attention to what's been going on over the past couple of years. I don't know if if people have recognized how much actual work that you, Donnie, have put into all of this. It's been, like, honestly an an unreal effort from you. I don't think people realize the amount of time that goes into all of this. So, um, you know, a lot of people ask me about, like, what do you get when you get these hazards? like, we get Donnie, you know. (laughs) You freaking get Donnie because, like, dude, like – The courses we play, the types of rounds we play, you know, the, the membership fees, the, the apparel, like the podcast, the photos, the everything, everything, the website, like the soon to be like maybe get an app. Like there's just so much stuff at work and it's not, it's not necessarily anyone besides you. It's like all you. And like, I feel like I'm just here and I like help, like I'm like a bumper rail. You know, like sometimes
0: <laughs> like, well, well, damn, you're an awfully sturdy, bumpy r- bumper <laughs> rail. So, you know, I, I appreciate that, man. Thanks for the, the kind words and it's, it's worth it to have relationships that between friends from a long time, getting to keep them like fostered and then just meeting all these new people and these connections to the golf industry. It's, it's a great world to be a part of and I'm, I'm glad to do it. Last question for our interview, favorite course you've played and why is your favorite
1: Favorite course of all time, it has to be Two Rivers. There you out. go. I mean, like that's hands down. It is the best course. It is the most well maintained course. It is the one of the prettiest courses I've ever played. Sixteen through eighteen is
0: just it's heaven. It, it's, it's golf paradise.
1: And I'm a mountain golf guy. I love I, mountain golf. But gee, and this isn't oof. this isn't like this isn't like beach golf. No, it's not. It's like it, river. It, it's golf. river
0: golf, but. It feels so much Swamp more Swamp golf. It's like Yeah. California. It's amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah it sure, is. sure, yeah. Um, it is like – and, and the, literally, I've been playing there for 20 years plus, and it is – it hasn't changed. It is just yeah. pristine. It's good. They have, like, ground courts, sand in their bunkers. It's like a
0: primo. It is so
1: primo, and it is so pretty, and like they just do such a good job, like you, I I don't even know if I've ever seen a divot in the freaking fairway. Yeah, like you it's know?
0: it's it's butter out there. I remember going and playing and like, you know, and, and and no knock on it. There's there's a couple holes. I mean, I've only played it once, so it's I have a pretty good hole memory. There's a couple that I kind of forget. 16 through 18 is just as good as it gets, and there's another like five to six holes that are really fucking good So good. There, there's some that just kind of like oh it was just a par 4 or whatever yeah. but like yep. but the whole time though the conditioning mm-hmm. and the upkeep the maintenance is just great it eh? is and it's it's nice so
1: unreal
0: well that was a great time let's go ahead and uh, transition into our hazard time couple questions Zach's gonna be calling in he's, uh, he's on the road right now uh coming down, like I said, for this big UT versus Bama game. I, I can't imagine all this time and money he's wasting in gas and tickets to watch the Vols lose. It sucks a suck, but let's go ahead and hear from him. Hey man. Zach, what's going on?
2: How's it going?
0: oh pretty good. Me and uh Fawn are in the recording studio. We just cracked open our first beer at ten fifty one this morning, so maybe a little early, but it's a Saturday and uh on this Saturday, I know that you're doing something. Why don't you go ahead and tell the dudes what you're getting into this weekend?
2: Well, woke up at uh, 3 o'clock in the morning. to uh, some freezing cold weather in Detroit and got my happy ass in my car and I'm driving down the Knoxville to uh, hopefully see the balls beat some ass.
0: Who are they playing this weekend, Zach?
2: They are playing Bama this weekend. So, uh, I mean, really probably – biggest game that I can remember Yeah, Yeah, since I was in, like, elementary school, middle school maybe, like, but, uh, feeling good, feeling good, so, uh, amped up on Red Bull and, uh, (laughs) watch the game day.
1: Hey, Uh, hey Zach, it's Justin. Hey, yeah, how long of a drive is it for you?
2: It is, uh, eight and a half hours, but I've been driving, like, eighty-five so uh, I'm going
1: to make it in a little under eight. Okay, so uh, you're pretty dedicated, I'd say. Yeah,
2: pretty – feeling pretty
0: good, though, 30 minutes out now. Well, hell yeah. Sounds like we caught you at a good time. Well, what we're going to do this week, guys, um, we're going to do things a little different. Usually the hazards time is between uh, the two people doing the podcast and we're asking each other questions, but we're going to do it a little different this week and have Zach Hudson take turns asking me, and Justin Fawn, some questions. So we're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, we always say we're going to put five minutes on the clock and it's never five minutes. Um, so we're going to go ahead and go with 10 this week and see if we can make that work. Um, and hopefully we can get these in. So, Zach, you ready for these? Yeah. All right. Do it. Let's go ahead and get started.
2: All right. So, um, what is either your favorite hole? Bowl- that you have played this year or just favorite golf memory from this past season
0: i would say hole number 12 at old Toccoa. it's the short par three that's about 100 110 yards up on top of the mountain and from up there you can kind of just look out and see everywhere um in the blue ridge area of north georgia it's just really scenic i mean i remember both, every time i played that hole, I've played it well. So, like, I'd say for me that was probably my favorite hole. I just, I love a good short par 3 to where you can try to put one close and grab a birdie. Um, I just, I think those are a lot of fun. Uh, Justin, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, so I think I have, I, I definitely have two, I think, that I can think of right now. Um, so, same at Old <clears throat> We had, there's that uh, par 4 that's just, like, straight downhill. Number 6. Number 6. Yep. Yeah, it, that thing was nuts.
0: It w- that was a close. Like I was really debating between that that hole too.
1: Yeah, you can pretty much drive the green and it's like a I mean, how it's probably 400 yards. Yeah, yeah. And it is so far downhill that if you hit a great shot, you can probably roll it onto the green. And I had a I had a great drive and uh, I almost I think I almost hit the green on that hole because it was such it was like right in the middle of the fairway and it like rolled all the way down like basically up to the fringe. I think I still managed to bogey it, um, but no. I think <laughs> uh, another one. I think my actual favorite one is uh, when we played Tobacco Road this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very first hole, which I, I love. Oh yeah, you killed it! Such man. a good hole, and uh, I and it's it's a blind shot, and the starter waved at us, and I was like, oh okay, that's that's uh, our cue, and we 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 teed off, and I hit like a beautiful draw, We um, went exactly where it needed to go. And, like, not even, like, two seconds later, like, Corey and the rest of his group, like, popped out of, like, the side of the hill. And they were, like, dude, you're
0: about to hit us. We're, um, like, dude, the starter waves us on. Like,
1: my bad. Um, and so this is a part five. And, uh, and I remember I hit, like, a, like a three wood right after mm-hmm. that. Yep. And it was perfect. And I ended up within, like, 20 feet of the hole. Yep. I was, like, ecstatic. And I was putting for eagle. And uh, I, like, just missed the eagle yep. putt.
0: Had a really easy tap-in bird. And that was in that two-man tournament, which actually, I remember we had a stroke on that hole, so that was like a net eagle for us, like off the bat, which was nice. Uh, it was a good start. Yeah. Um, you know, if I was thinking of one of my favorite memories, um, a bunch of good ones. Two that come to mind that really have stood out was after the last day at Springdale um, and everyone was finishing. I remember just, I didn't particularly play very good that weekend, but just had a great time. And it was really nice as being up in the mountains tucked away and just being in that environment. And I remember like after it was done, me and Alex sat for almost two hours on the back porch, just the two of us just talking about life and golf. And I mean, just our, our wives or sisters talking about them. Uh, It was good. Just kind of getting to sit there and talk about some real life stuff. And then as far as playing the round at Primland this year, I played 36 holes earlier this year with uh, Josh, Dan, and uh, Zach Hill. And that was an absolute blast. I shot my personal best up there for that course, like an 84 in the morning. And then me and Josh played a two-man scramble and had fun. And that was when Dan, uh, you know, we were talking about this last night. There's, there's own ball Dan, which is not very good. <laughs> no. Like like low to mid-90s all the time. But tournament Dan is a different man. He turns it on. And I've only seen, like, tournament Dan play. And so we're going here, and Calvin's telling me, like, oh, yeah, he'll definitely be in the 90s. His first time up there, shoots an 88 and then plays his own ball again in the afternoon to shoot an 81 and his best score ever. And that was just really cool to be a part of that and watch someone play that much above their ability level. So I'd say that's one of my favorite memories.
1: It's fun to see Dan do well because he's such a good dude. He is. And he's so nice and it's so funny to just, you know, sometimes watch him play. And and I, I knew Dan before he, like, joined the league. And, uh, man, it was funny when he did start playing for the league and he started doing so well. I was like, I was super happy for him.
0: Yep. All right, Zach, what else you
2: got? Uh, damn. I'm on that same point, I'll never forget heckling Dan with, uh, the first <laughs> tournament this year on the Winsley <laughs> Challenge. Shot. At the it was open. Good... Him and Ian that day, that was a, that was a blast. So, uh, yeah, uh, good to, good to hear he went out, and uh, played the lights out, um, the next question I got for you is, what is a course next year that you're really looking forward to playing that you haven't played before? If you've got one on the schedule or one you want to try and play.
0: I'm going down to Jamaica next year, and I'm playing three rounds down there. Um, I think one of them is like a top ten in the Caribbean. Uh, so I would say for me, that's probably – the courses, um, I'm kind of drawing a blank on some of the names of them, but going down there for that, I think is going to be my most looking forward to trip of the year. Um, how about you, Justin?
1: So uh, I don't really have, gosh, I, I like my schedule. I cannot plan to like go, you know, play whatever courses, however far out, um, especially like a year in advance. So I kind of just take it course by course. Um, but one course that I really think that I need to try to go down to is, is Kewa Island. Yeah. I think because they have, I mean, a great, dis- great discount um, uh, for, like, military members. So, I mean, it, it's almost like you almost like sh- like should go down and, yeah. and, and, and play that course because of the discount's, like, so good and it's just such a cool course. And <clears throat> I think that's probably one that I think I should probably try to go down and play next year.
0: I mean, that's a, I think that's a great answer. Um, I mean, that's what, that's a top five, 10 course in the U S especially on the public side. So, I mean, like that hard to imagine you're not going to have a great time down there. Um, if you go and play, got a question for you, you know, it'd be nice. You're probably going to score a little better with low wind, but would you take that 20, 25 mile an hour wind day to get the full ocean course experience or or are you hoping for a day of the wind down?
1: You know, I, I love a I love a good struggle, I love a good challenge, um, and uh, and if I play poorly I can just blame it on the wind. There you go. So <laughs> good answer. All right, Zach.
5: I'm gonna do
2: a humble brag here, but uh, I'm getting married in uh, January and my fiance and I are gonna go to Hawaii for our honeymoon and for Ooh. my birthday she got me around at Capitol Ranch jeez on the plantation court. damn zach so uh
1: she must love you yeah yeah,
2: but, uh, yeah you're loved she, she's never really paid for golf though and so she got it for me and she was like is golf always this expensive <laughs> like I,
1: <laughs> you told me golf was only 20 dollars
2: <laughs> yeah uh, i was like oh yeah i just drop a casual 500 on a weekend for a round you know whatever yikes um, just so you know so uh but, no, that's uh, I'm super excited about that. You're so, going to enjoy uh, that one, dude.
0: That that's awesome.
2: Some pictures for that. Um, so, yeah, two more questions here.
0: Okay.
2: Um, one, um, spit or swallow? What is it? Spit or swallow?
0: Fuck <laughs> off, sack.
2: <Zach. laughs> <laughs> you can answer that when you take them to one. one. Um, so, I know you both have done like a tremendous amount of work on the league historically and then next year what is something that you're really excited about for the league next year
1: i i think it's really cool um that uh we've pretty much like doubled in membership size every single well like literally yeah. two years in a row, in yep. a row. Um, you know i i really just look forward to seeing how many more people we can get on board and uh I really love meeting like all the new people that come, you know, to these tournaments. Uh, you know, I I have a great golf community where I'm at, but um, you know, it's great to see just people excited about, you know, joining the league. Um, you know, I, I talk to people all the time in like my hometown, uh, and they'll be like, tell me about the dudes of hazards and you know, I, I get, I just, I, I can, I spend like five sentences, and they're like, "Dude, take my money!" Like, I want to join, uh, or like, you know, like the, they just think it's super cool. Um, yeah. So like the, you, you like see like a like a flare in people's eyes. Just people like light up and they're like, "This is like super, super neat."
0: You know, I, I would have to agree with that. It, it is really wild. Um, just getting to see the amount of people that are interested in what we're doing, and the culture that we've created. I know for me. Next year, um, we want to really try to offer a lot to our members. So we're going with like an in-town local event each month of the year and an out-of-town one. Just I'm really excited at the amount of events and opportunities to come out and play golf and featuring different formats from charity tournaments to select uh, invitationals for our best players in the league to a cross-league uh, Ryder Cup challenge that we're doing with the Bogey Brothers coming up to global events the open that we have, we offer so many different things. And I think it's fun getting to see people come out and find in like a format or a course that they haven't played before and being like, damn, like that, that was worth the experience of coming out for the weekend. And that's just, that's rewarding. And I think we're going to continue to see a lot of that. And then, um, one other thing, we're just, there's a lot of things in the works right now. It's, it's, it's taken a lot of effort to put them together but I think over this next year and this off season, we're going to see a lot of improvements. Um, I mean, this—we're still learning. This is our second year of doing this. We're we're only getting better and figuring out how to be more successful. And um, I've honestly felt like I've built a just stellar team around me, including the two of y'all, to help pull this off. And like this league's in good hands uh, moving forward. So I just I'm excited for what we have on the schedule and what we can be. Zach, what I mean, what are you thinking? Go ahead and answer that question for yourself.
2: No, I am just super excited to see the success that this has had in just two short years, really, um, and excited to see it grow, even from like afar and only being able to make like one or two things a year. Um, just the continued like excitement around each event, being able to book them out, all of the interest and like success we've had. So I'm to see that continue to grow especially with some of the investments and changes we're we're hoping to put in on the infrastructure side of things to make it a lot cooler experience for all of our members
0: absolutely well zach thanks for joining us for hazards time it was fun getting to talk to you um you know i'd be i wouldn't be truthful with you if i said uh go vols um but I also don't wish one of my good friends to travel eight hours in a car to watch his team lose. But maybe here's a compromise. Uh, The line is at nine for Alabama, and I took Tennessee at plus nine. So maybe just a nice three-point loss by the Vols, a nice little moral victory. That'd be good for both sides. What do you say?
2: I'd say no.
0: Okay. Well. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. All right, Zach. Hey, have fun at the game. Uh, Try to be safe. I imagine the Knoxville police are going to have their hands full tonight. So prayers up for those guys. Yeah. It's going to be a long night.
2: I'm 14 minutes from cracking a uh, cold beer myself. So uh, thanks for having me on and uh,
0: go ball All right. Love getting to hear from him. One of our good friends. Let's go ahead and wrap this up uh, though. This was a really, Justin, thanks for coming on, man. This this was a lot of fun having you.
1: Uh, you know, I really, I really enjoyed being here. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me on. And yeah. I can't wait for the next time I get to come on.
0: You got a social media for anyone to follow you on?
1: Uh, yeah, if you want to follow me, I'm on Patchy the Destroyer. Um, yep. It's my dog.
0: That's his dog. But, big, uh, big dog fan. I there, don't really so.
1: post any dog content. I'm really just my story and the, and the, the, the league stuff. Yep. Uh,
0: we have episode 18 coming up next featuring Chris Haley, the general manager of Blackthorn Club. I think that's going to be an exciting one to listen to. And as always, dudes, keep it classy class